0: Well, Kelly, thank you for doing this again this morning. Um, oh, my pleasure. We'll try to get through it. John, do you remember where we left off with this very good interview last week?
1: Yes. we. Uh, I mean, we covered a lot of ground in, in a very short period of time. Okay. Um, and I, I think, Kelly, we talked a lot about the nuts and bolts of what was happening in the lab, the projects you had. I think it might be interesting to talk a little bit this morning about the the softer skills of running the lab particularly in terms of how you market yourself, um, how you reach out to the community, uh, how you attract funding, you know, what, what kind of marketing um, efforts do you have, that, you know, because clearly you've been successful at not just running a lab inside of, of, of a college, but doing more than that in terms of entrepreneurial efforts, community efforts, and I'm curious if, if you could share a little bit about, you know, how you've accomplished that.
2: Um, you know, I, it's interesting that you asked that question because I'm not sure that in the past we have been um, completely active in terms of marketing ourselves to businesses, for example. We have always, we initially had focused on actually can more I... of an educational aspect of outreach. I'm sorry.
0: Sorry. Hold on just a second, Kelly. Um, uh, uh, Peter, are you recording this? Yes okay bless you all right never mind go ahead kelly <laughs> okay
2: so in the past our, our initial focus once we had the lab up and this was before my time i think it floundered a little bit because we didn't know what to do with it, it was like well what do we do so um when i stepped into my position um, we were getting requests and this is a little bit of context for you we were getting requests to um, make all kinds of signs for you know local municipalities and cities, and we were sort of turning into this weird sign shop. And you know, I, I said, I, geez, I don't, I don't think this is appropriate. We're not supposed to be doing work and undercutting local businesses and putting them out of business. We're not supposed to compete. Um, what we're supposed to be about is teaching people how to do." So um, we stopped um, being a sign shop, if you will. And um, what we decided to do was that the people who had been asking us to make signs, we agreed to, if they would send a representative, we would teach them how to make the signs and they could make their own. Some of the municipalities took us up on that and some people kind of went away. But you know, the idea is you know, we're not using our resources, our student workers, whomever, um, to compete with local businesses. And our focus really then shifted to how do we help local businesses, small businesses grow. In terms of marketing, um, my first marketing attempt was really internal in that regard. Um, I had mentioned last week that we have what's called an Edison technology incubator on our campus, and um, we receive funding from the state to help small technology businesses form and grow, and we combine that, as I had mentioned, with our innovation fund. So the two gentlemen that run our um, technology incubator, um, we refer to it as Glide, I had them over to the Fab Fab Lab and I gave them a tour and I talked to them about the types of services that we provide and that if incubating companies wanted to give a student an entrepreneurial experience, we would be happy to train that student how to use our lab or any of their associates how to use the lab to develop products. So if they had a product rather than a service, we would be happy to support them. So um, what we are doing now, we are actually just working with the marketing group in the college to develop an entire marketing plan for our fab lab. And so that would include community outreach, business outreach, as well as producing flyers, for example, that would be part of the marketing plan that the Glide folks could hand to prospective clients. They actually see quite a few people every year, several, probably about 2,000, I think. And not all of them obviously take us up on our services, but having you know little flyers that were more business oriented than just flyers about the Fab Lab, which is what we have now, we think would attract more businesses. So the businesses that we've helped out in the past are really businesses that the college knows through one channel or another and that we work with already. And it's been word of mouth. So we're trying to formalize that. Obviously our funding has become much tighter. Um, The state is, you know, they're in dire financial straits. So we are looking, seeking other ways to bring in monies to help support ourselves and this is one of those ways in terms of community outreach again it's been through local institutions that work with the college that we know of our particular college has turned out to be the epicenter of our county we have a fairly fragmented county in terms of the, the diversity of groups and what they're working on and the college over the past probably 25 years under the current president's leadership has really become a rallying point to bring groups of people together. So people look to the college, you know, to support them in any kind of community outreach activity. So we have pretty broad reach. Um, it's just a matter of getting the fab lab into that channel of broad reach, rather, you know, moving it from word of mouth to a more formalized mechanism. I've
0: got a question. Um, is Marcus speaking. Um, yes.
2: Good morning, Marcus. <laughs> or afternoon, I'm not sure what it is.
1: <laughs> um, you said that everyone who, who wants to make a product not a service is welcome at the lab.
2: That's correct. So if, if um, Glide was incubating a software company, or and that's not even technically a service provider, but there are certain uh, technology companies that they incubate that um, really provide a service to somebody else so they wouldn't necessarily have, you know, um, have a need for the Fab Lab in order to produce something. So, right. you know, so really, it's just a matter of you know, someone who might benefit from the Fab Lab, either in terms of prototypes or parts or concept models. You know, we would certainly be pleased to work with them.
1: Okay. So, so what you're saying is that there's already a provider for people who innovate in, in process-related or service-related stuff. Um, so that's not a field the, the Fab Lab wants to go into.
2: I think, I think we would be willing to if we, if we knew how to. I, I don't think we know how to at this point with a service yeah. provider. You know, if the service provider needs to make something or create something in the Fab Lab, certainly we would we would work with them. But from a pure service delivery standpoint, I'm not sure that we would know how to play a role.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Okay. When you when you say we work with them, uh, what does that what does that really mean? I mean, very
2: very well, concretely. Um, you know, we um, at, to this up to this point, um, we allow our lab is open approximately thirty five hours a week to the public, which includes our Glide um, incubating companies or any other companies for that matter, and we have lab assistants who work in the lab. So the lab assistants will assist the companies, the folks or the representatives of the company to show them how to use the equipment to help them with the settings, perhaps to even help them troubleshoot. We do not provide design services. And again, we are a community college. So typically we don't do research and we do not teach the technology students necessarily design. We're teaching them how to be technicians. So we try and not get into the mode of, providing design work, Um, if there is a specific request, I will forward that request to faculty and adjuncts and kind of beat the bushes. And and we also know a few people who have design businesses that we will make that connection, Um, but we try and stay out of that because that, we, we don't take a stake in intellectual property. Again, we don't do research. And that's one of the nice things about working with the community college is there's no expectation that we're going to ask for intellectual or rights to intellectual property. So we try and stay out of that, but we assist the folks in using the equipment, setting up the equipment, sourcing the materials if needed, all through our lab assistants. But we try and train them to use the lab independently, and then we are there to assist them if they run into trouble.
1: Right. Can you... Can you... Talk to us about the ratio between like mechanical um, construction
0: or building stuff and electronics.
2: I would say at this point, my guess, looking at some of the logs that we maintain of the people coming through the lab, I haven't done a calculation, but I would guess it's probably 80% mechanical and prototype and 20% electronics. I expect that to change because we are bringing up a sensor um, system commercialization center. And again, it's part of that plan. The college, you know, we have understood that we need to act more like universities in some respects, not by doing research, but by providing what I'll call institutes or areas of expertise where we can assemble critical masses of um, equipment that small companies by themselves could not afford to purchase, but would enable them to grow their business. So we are starting to look at um, what those types of institutes or you know, centers of gra- you know, intellectual gravity, if you will, would be. And um, instrumentation and controls and electronics turns out to be, and specifically sensors, you Know a cross cutting field that has a lot of leverage in terms of follow on dollars of investment for new businesses in Northeast Ohio. So we, we have applied for and received state funding to put this center together, and it's really all about the reliability and packaging of sensors, you know, small chip size sensors into housings and packaging that you know so that people. As they go from a sensor concept to putting it into a larger prototype or component are, you know, can make sure that the packaging will withstand and perform under the, you know, the environment that it's placed. And um, right now, if you, in Northeast Ohio, if you wanted to do that, you would either have to go to the East Coast or the West Coast. And that tends to really delay any kind of R&D activity in terms of development. So as okay. that center comes on board, look. I imagine that our lab will be used um, heavily, or much more heavily, for the electronics aspect because we will be literally a walk across the parking lot to make modifications to boards and components, as opposed to you know you know again it's more of a feasibility and a one-off or you know a couple proof of concept models as opposed to full production. But I have a feeling our lab will be used much more heavily for that purpose.
1: It sounds almost like the um, electronics version of a prototyping shop, like a very high end, you know, 10 steps up uh, where you're you're helping industry um, by having a body of equipment that can help them do things, um, but, which is great. Uh, and, and would you guys charge by the hour or would you actually consider taking equity positions in some of these you know, startups.
2: Well, interestingly enough, um, right now the way the the commercialization center, we call it the smart center, um, you know, I didn't name it, um, but it, it, it's a sensor mems something something technology center. Um, but anyway, that center, um, there are two modes of operation right now. One is a, a, you know, a pure fee-for-hour kind of service. So if a team of people want to come in and we have hoteling space. And they want to spend some time here and use the equipment they can rent it on an hourly basis and then the same would be for our lab if they wanted exclusive use of the fab lab they could have exclusive use Um, if they choose not to have exclusive use then they have to use the community hours and get in line with everybody else the other mode of operation at the smart center is really we have people who have experience in this industry that we have brought into the space to help people design and do testing and help them work out the bugs. So if they don't have expertise and they're coming here, not just for the equipment, but for the expertise, we can provide that as well. And up to this point, we have never taken an equity position in a company. However, I understand that there has been some talk about doing that, but in a very, very limited way. So I don't know what the number would be, but I know that that's being considered. Okay. So I... I, Tell you we're thinking about it but we have not yet done it
1: and for the for the different models and the variations how what hourly rates or how do you price those models
2: um we're we're pretty cheap and um what we do for the fab lab i looking at some of the other technology labs that we have here that we rent on an hourly basis i have established a base price and you know, it's sort of a best estimate of $150 an hour with significant discounts to Glide or Innovation Fund recipients. So I will leave that to the Glide folks to determine, based on their understanding of someone's financials, how much we need to discount it so that we can make it available to them. But at least if we have local industry and companies coming in, I think it's a good value you know, for, you know, for the amount of time that they may need to do it. If, you know, we've talked about, um, using some models where they buy into a yearly membership and, you know, get a discount and we, we have not extended that yet. We've not thought that through. So right now we're at just a very simple hourly rate.
1: And is that, is that the rate for just the equipment and not the equipment and the expertise?
2: Um, that rate includes having lab assistance. So it's exclusive use. So, you know, if you are worried, you know, you don't want anyone under your elbows, so to speak, and you don't want to have to share time on the equipment, it's exclusive use. There's a lab assistant in the lab to assist you. So, you know, it's really, you know, at your back and call. And that would also provide the polycom service. So if you wanted to have a conference call and with someone who was an hour away, you could do that as long as they had the service as well. And again, if they wanted to be in the community hours, you know, in the community use hours it would be free but again they would be limited in terms of time on the equipment and they would have to get in line
1: okay so the equipment only the first model you described was essentially using it during community time
2: I apologize I I confused you the, the two models that I had previously mentioned which was the expertise uh-huh. of the equipment or just hoteling space Yes. That was for that that was for the our smart our sensor commercialization center. Okay. And that center will be related to the fab lab. I believe that that will bring in much use in our fab lab. Okay. Our fab lab, we have um we have the community hours which are open to anyone free of charge with the lab assistant. Okay. But we also have the $150 an hour rental of the lab with the lab assistant. Where it's exclusive use. Okay. So that's, I, I apologize if I confuse you.
1: So you've got a lot going on. How, what is, like, a week look like? Like, how do you schedule the lab? How, you know, what percentage of time do the different programs get access to the lab? Um, I mean, it sounds like there's there's many things being juggled.
2: Oh, you know what? It is getting tighter and tighter by the moment. Um, I actually spoke to Scott Zech I think you may all know, Scott. And I, I was hopefully not um, kind of freaking them out when I talked about the exclusive use hours, and simply because between class time, because we still do run credit and non-credit classes, we still are encouraging other um, units around the campus to use our fab lab for their projects or for their educational purposes. And so you know they you know we try and. It, accommodate their needs if they can't come in during community use hours we try and you know make the lab open for them when they they need it and then the you know the flip side is now we're going to around the community use hours we're going to start offering these hours to our you know the, the companies so right. you're thinking that probably we can tolerate 20 hours a week of exclusive use time And really, it comes down to having enough trained lab assistants to be in the lab at any given point in time. We haven't really maxed out the lab itself um, because a lot of our open hours are in the evening and on weekends. Um, And we presume that the business users are really going to want to be in there during the, you know, 9 to 5 kind of time frame. So we think we can accommodate that around teaching schedules. The other issue that we have is because we're... We're pretty well known by certain groups within the college, is we will be asked if they can come in and make um, name tags for events or do you know, certain projects as, that they make you know giveaways or signs for events. And so then we have to squeeze that in as well. So our limitation right now is really having enough lab assistance because we use people who are students or you know, nearing graduation and, you know, they tend to turn over every, you know, three years or so to just have enough lab assistants to be able to, you know, run the lab because that's our model to mm-hmm. run it expensively. We don't have a faculty member in there all the time.
1: We, uh, I think we're getting relatively uh, close to our time. I was wondering if anyone else had a question. Um, it's, a, it's Just a clarification, uh, you, you do not have a, you, you only run it by students or do you have a, like senior uh, person in, in the lab at all times?
2: We, um, our fab lab is a little bit different than our other labs related to programs because up to this point we do not have a full educational program that utilizes the fab lab. So we run it with lab assistants, so they're not a student worker, they're, you know, they're a little bit better paid, they have more responsibility Um, but they're not full-time and um, they are not faculty. We do have faculty and they're quite often using the lab and they will be teaching classes in there, for example, or running projects, but typically we do not operate the fab lab for community hours and and we would not, for the business rental, we would use a a lab assistant. In our other programs, we have someone that's full-time, a laboratory instructional assistant, an LIA, and um, that's because they are there to make sure that all of the lab work associated with the program and the physical lab everything is coordinated we are hoping at some point to use the fab academy model or coursework and last and i talked about this probably a year ago and if we can do it a i think asynchronously basically create a a digital fabrication associate of applied science degree that you know, the core of it or the heart of the technological portion of it would be the Fab Academy. And we would wrap the general education courses around it to give a student a two-year degree. Um, we're not there yet.
0: That would be really interesting. Is, 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 if ZTECH is coming, is he able to talk about that at Fab uh, 7, We
2: think? I think he could talk a little bit about it. He and I have had that conversation. Okay. And one of the things that Scott is doing this year, you may not know, he's going to be on sabbatical, and he's actually instead of taking half the year off and then working the other half, he's going to work half time for the entire year. Um, okay. This is so necessary to some of our programming. Um, but he is going for his sabbatical. His project is to um, look at a a mechatronics degree, and I would imagine that the major that we just what we just talked about uh-huh. uh, would be a major underneath the mechatronics program. So-
0: so, okay, because I think there are a
1: bunch of other people out there interested in the same thing.
0: So sorry, I digress, guys.
1: No. No. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess well, last last comment from me. Um, okay. the, you know, when, when other labs start up, um, it would be incredibly helpful if they could sort of stand on your shoulders on some of the work you've done. And one of the ways that we're we're thinking of doing that is is asking folks to contribute presentations that they've used to successfully, you know, woo, um, investors, um, customers, communities, et cetera, uh, and, and also a grant material that has, you know, successfully attracted funding. Uh, would you be willing to share some of that with us so that we can, you know, set, get that out to the community and, and help some of the younger labs?
2: Absolutely. Um, Scott, I know Scott is, and not only that, but Scott has, I think last year worked with nine different labs to you know physically help them get up and running so we are you know we're always happy to help
1: okay great uh, any other questions Eddie Lass, Peter
0: I don't think so it's really it's it's amazing Kelly what you guys have done
2: <laughs> you know it's it's so funny you say that because I feel like you know we could just focus so much more time and energy and get so much Farther than we are, like, you know. I, I want to have the entire college community have courses, to, you know, that or have labs developed related to their courses and use our lab, you know, much more for educational purposes. And it feels like it's a slow go. You know, I'm just mm. out there pushing. Um, I really appreciate the the, the compliment.
0: I sort. Of, I tell you, I think probably everybody feels a little bit like this because we're all kind of like you know, feeling our way through it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, um, I think we we, um, we should let you go as promised, and um, just thank you so much again for doing this. And um, oh, my- Kelly, would you mind if if, uh, if if we would if we if we were able to do it, we might do a we're thinking about doing a um, uh, what do you call a podcast that includes uh, that includes some of these interviews? Would you be willing to Would that be all right if we uh, published your? Um, your your interview in a podcast or part of your uh, interview in a absolutely, podcast?
2: Absolutely. If people can tolerate listening to me, they're more than welcome <laughs> to listen to me. Okay. <laughs> all right.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. You Thanks
2: take- a lot. Thanks, Thanks Kelly. For it, guys. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye.